What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of CMA Podcast. How is everybody doing? Today, I am rejoined by the Burt Locker host, Burt Green. Sir, how are you doing? Hello, I'm very good. Very, very good. I've got, I've got almost half a beer in me. Uh, it's, it's almost Friday. Yeah, I'm. It's almost time for the for the UFC. Hell, I'm almost happy, Dave. Yeah. That's good to hear, man. Well, this <laughs> this is actually going to drop on Saturday, so the fights, sir, are tonight. I mean, yes, yes. I suppose you could look at it like that. You're a glass half full kind of guy, aren't you? Absolutely, Thanks. man. Do you have any advice for you? <laughs> Do you have any advice for your future self? Um, bet the house on Frankie Edgar. Frankie. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll so into today that. we're going to we're going to discuss in as little or as much detail as what presents itself. Uh, UFC 268 live and exclusive uh, this weekend. Very excited for these fights. It is a stacked card and we're going to do our best to break down the um, I guess the, the main card. That's that's as far as I've uh, that's as far as I'm willing to extend tonight because I'm I'm. I'm quite tired. I do three hour podcasts, yeah. but I ain't Joe Rogan. It's a hell of a it's a hell of a main card. The, the card has rearranged during the week. Did you? See, I don't know what the controversy is with this, but there uh, is no they, controversy. There's none. It was just no. rearranged for no reason. No, no, it was it wasn't rearranged for no reason. It's so that because uh, obviously uh, Trevor Whitman's cornering all three fighters, and he didn't want to just go back to back to back. So it makes perfect sense. And also, what a way to kick off the card. If you're going to yeah. kick off the card, it might as well be Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Very true. Very true. I, I missed that. Yeah. Trevor Whitman's got three fighters and uh, obviously mm. one after the other is not, not ideal for three in a row, but yeah. So the, the main card is opening with Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Very, very exciting fight. Who do you have and how and why and where? Now this one, I've been going back and forth on because uh, Justin Gaethje, we know he's we know he's good. Yeah, you know I mean he's he's gotten even better since he's been uh, with Whitman. His striking's gotten crisper. He, he has a lot more patience, and you could tell that in the Tony Ferguson fight. So you know between uh, rounds, because he did get caught with that uppercut, and I think Trevor Whitman said to him, "Look, you need to calm down. Like you are picking them apart. Calm down. Take just something off each shot. You know, what I mean? don't you don't need to put them away with every shot." And I think that that makes Justin Gaethje relatively dangerous. Then obviously, you know, he got. Uh, mopped by Khabib, but who doesn't? There's no shame in that one. Yep. However, we've not seen him since then. And with respect, I always say, now, people aren't going to like this, but how good is Tony Ferguson really? Like, that's that's always been my question. You look at this winning streak he put together, I don't know it off the top of my head. And do you know why? There's a lot of tin cans in there. Okay, yeah. I'm kidding. No, 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 no disrespect, but... No disrespect, but a lot of disrespect. Uh, <laughs> like Ferguson, and also, like, let's be fair, he made hard work out of a lot of those fights. Joe, you know? the Anthony Pettis fight that could have gone either way. He was getting the shit kicked out of him. So was Anthony Pettis, and it, and at the end of the day, like Tony Ferguson, yeah, he's very good, but he's also very reckless, and he doesn't really protect himself all that well because he's too happy to get into a war, which is exactly what Justin Gaethje enjoys. I think that people are sleeping on Chandler here a little bit because he got knocked out by um, by Oliveira. But 
you know, that that's because it kind of turned into a, it got a bit frantic, didn't it? Because he knocked Oliveira down, didn't he? Unless I'm misremembering it completely. Oh, that's true. Then yeah. and then it went back and forth, and then he got caught. I don't. I think that Michael Chandler is too smart of a fighter to get involved in that kind of shenanigans again. And I think that a lot of people are kind of because I, I know I, don't, I haven't I don't know one person who's picking Michael Chandler in this fight, uh, except me. I am picking Michael Chandler in this fight. Okay. I'm picking him by knockout. The TKO. I don't think anyone's flatlining Justin Gaethje. It's never happened before. You have to, you know, you, you have to beat the will out of him like Dustin Poirier did, because that fight was stopped and it was a TKO, but it wasn't like, uh, like he flatlined him. Because, and I don't think, I, off the top of my head, I don't think that that's ever happened to Justin Gaethje, because I think he's honestly too tough. He's got too much cement in his head. He's like, he's tough as they come. Yeah. But Chandler. He's just, he's a, he's a very explosive, very good athlete. I think that early on, the advantage may well be with Chandler, but I mean, it's going to be close. I'm not, I'm by, by no way I'm, am I counting Justin Gaethje out of this. Obviously, he can win this fight, but my money is probably going to go on Michael Chandler purely because he's the underdog and there's some value on there because I think people are forgetting that he's an absolutely incredible athlete. And he can, and he's got ridiculous power as well himself. If if any, if someone was going to flatline Justin Gaethje, it's probably Michael Chandler. Yeah, yeah, what you're saying is all very, very possible. Um, yeah, I I love the episode of Food Truck Diaries with um Brendan Schaub, Justin Gaethje, where Gaethje called him out and said, "Hey, stop calling me reckless. I'm not reckless." And then Brendan, in his in his defense, was like, "But you're reckless, you know." You're so reckless, dude. So yes. reckless, uh, like caution to the wind, balls to the wall, however you'd like to call it. Um, who was it? Michael Johnson at some press conference called him the Homer Simpson of the UFC. There's so much truth yeah. to that. Um, yeah. Michael Chandler, when you talk about him, his body of work outside the UFC, his first fight in the UFC and then his title fight like after his first fight so you're basically going to fight for the title after like in your second fight makes no sense um did the pressure get to him who knows but this is a good fight to bounce back after your title chance and let's see what happens I think if Chandler's smart he'll take it to the ground and just try and grind out Gaethje and take away all that reckless abandonment from Gaethje and hold him down and beat him up for three rounds. I think I think you I think you've touched on something there because I think you've identified his path to victory. Now I don't I don't think he necessarily gets the takedown, but I don't think he necessarily needs to get the takedown. The threat just has to be there because obviously you know Tony Ferguson he's he's like rolling with Eminari roll whatever they are. I thought he was talking about sushi, but whatever. You know what I mean? It's just it literally. <laughs> Like, but he's not, he's not shooting him for a power double. He's not really, you know, he's, he was, he was clutching at straws. He was going for desperation. But, and I think that honestly, Michael Chandler, he, he, he doesn't have to get the takedown, but I think he does have to threat with it. Right. And that's gonna, that's going to at least make Justin Gaethje think about the takedown. And if he's thinking about the takedown, he's maybe not thinking about protecting his, protecting his head. But yeah, just take that whole Connor Khabib scenario. <clears throat> Excuse me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When when uh, Khabib went in for that fake takedown and landed that, and then yeah, beautiful right on Connor. Um, so yeah, you're going. You're taking. Uh, you're taking Michael Chandler via KO or TKO. It's gonna be TKO, but right. on the betting lines because obviously, uh, I tell you what, I can bring the betting lines up here. Who's 
on the yeah, because what I like to do the the uh, when you're betting on it, it doesn't make a di- like if it's KO slash TKO doesn't make a difference. So what yeah. are the odds on that right now? Let's have a look. Let's have a look. First, a word yeah. from our sponsors. You're getting you're getting nine to two on the on the knockout on the knockout TKO for Chandler. I like that. Nine to two. Nine to two. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So it's not bad. I've seen I've seen worse. That is true. Um, what I think is going to be the fight of the night, but for all the wrong reasons, uh, Marlon Vera versus Frankie Edgar. Right. Okay. I think Frankie uh, should have hung it up two fights ago. Uh, I love Frankie. He has been an inspiration to me over many years of fighting. His classics with BJ Penn, um, the classics with um, what's his name? Gray Maynard. Gray Maynard, yes. Yeah. Two classics with Gray Maynard. That that first round assassination where he came back and won. Yeah, ridiculous. <sighs> Insane. Absolutely ridiculous. Brain trauma is a real thing. I, I I listened to his podcast and you can really see the effects of, of CTE on this one. Uh, he's fighting this kid called Marilyn Vera, who's a grinder, who's got boxing, kickboxing, elbows, knees, jujitsu, wrestling, submissions, the full package, dude. And he's fighting a guy called Frankie Edgar, who should have hung it up unless he's got a phenomenal contract and his kids are going to be set for life dude this has to be frankie's last fight and i think he's going to lose it now this is where me and you are going to disagree on this one i think oh you're not allowed to disagree on cma podcast bert i'm sorry man okay well let me offer an alternative view (laughs) yes you're allowed to offer alternative views (laughs) right now okay now all of what you said is true Right, Frank Edgar probably should have hung up a couple of fights ago, but he didn't. For better or worse, he is in this fight. But you look at the guys that he's been put against, the guys that have been kind of like flatlining him. You know, Corey Sanhagen is like a weird, explosive striker. The, like Marlon Vera, he might be a lot of things, but he's not a, a, an explosive one-punch knockout artist. He has got a lot of decisions on his record, and that's and that's not generally how he goes about winning. Generally, he grind like it's like you said. He grinds. He just he kind of outworks people. I don't think that that is the style to take in against Frankie Edgar. How are you outworking Frankie Edgar? I don't think it's going to happen, right? I think that well, I think this is going to look very similar to. I don't think it's going to be a finish, but I think it's going to look very similar to when Frankie Edgar fought Yair Rodriguez. Everyone thought Yair Rodriguez was going to come in and just smack Frankie Edgar around. And it was going to last we see of Frankie Edgar. And then, like, one, you know, one takedown and some vicious ground and pound later, like, everyone remembered who Frankie Edgar was. I think that, I think you're right. I think this probably will be Frankie Edgar's last fight. But I think that it's in Madison Square Garden. It's his home field advantage. He is coming in against somebody who he can beat. Like, if, if this was, like, six years ago, it wouldn't even be a question, would it? Joey, if this if this was six years ago, it wouldn't even be a question. Frankie Edgar will be winning this fight. And I think that he has got enough left in him because I don't think that he pres- I don't think that Marlon Vera, with respect to him, I, I like Mar- Marlon Vera. He's one of my favorite guys. I love all those Jason Perillo guys because of what Jason Perillo did for Michael Bisping. And, yeah. and for that, you know, I just love any of the people that train with Perillo. Do you know what I mean? That's why I was so good that Mackenzie Dern fucking laid an egg. But you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's, but 
I love that camp. Love all those fighters, and I like Marlon Vera. He's he's very he's he's one of those guys that seems genuinely likable. Like because I see him on like the the Michael Bisping podcast all the time because obviously he has them on because they're they're always down at Rufka training in um in Orange County, and as much as I like Frank, as as much as I like Marlon Vera. I don't think stylistically this is a particularly good matchup for him because I don't think that he's going to be able to outwork uh, Frankie Edgar the same way he kind of tried to outwork um, uh, Davy Grant in his last fight. Davy Grant was there to be hit. I don't think that Frankie... I think Frankie Edgar is going to be slightly too quick because, again, like Marlon Vera is not a Sandhagen. He's not. With respect, he's not that style of guy. He's not got that explosive kind of horrible power that's going to kind of put Frankie Edgar away that's going to cause him problems. I think Frankie Edgar is going to be in and out. I think that... That, that knee was nasty versus Sandy. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was. Dude. But when do you see Marlon Vera landing stuff like that? You just don't. It doesn't, it doesn't, really, but, it doesn't really happen. But look, look at the, the storyline. Marlon Vera took out Brad Pickett with that head kick, knocked him down, and then ground and pounded him out. Brad Pickett beat Brad. Demetrius Johnson, so therefore he's the greatest fighter in the world. There you go. MMA math. <laughs> MMA yeah. mathematics. But yeah. that was in the UK. That was uh, Pickett's last fight. This is in New it? York. Yeah, he retired him. This is in New York. This could very well be uh, Frankie's last fight. I'm like, oh, dude, this is the mathematics I try to stay away from. Now, but interesting one, though. It should be a good well, fight. Well, one, one caveat I would say on that, because I'm, like I said, I'm saying, I'm saying you should put the house on Frankie Edgar because he's coming in as an underdog. And I really, really like Frankie Edgar. By decision. Now, Frank Edgar by decision. Let's have a quick look at the odds on that one. Because five to one, dude. Eleven to four. So that's like what four? That's that's, that's not great, is it? Um, Put a ten around. I'm gonna log in because oh, I always bet in decimals because I'm an American at heart. Three point seven five. Yeah, so it's like two point two and three quarters to one, basically. Two and three quarters to one. That oh god, that's not a tight great. one. Not, not, a, not, not a great one. odds when you could just. But but I do feel like that's probably the most likely outcome, unless Frankie Edgar gets some like real nice ground and pound in there. We'll which see incidentally, six to one. Yeah, that's not bad. But I do like I said. But but one slight caveat I would say is that if. This is Frankie Edgar's last fight, and he's already decided that. That is bad news because you either need to be all the way in or all the way out. Like you can't have what you can't be like. Oh, I'm going to retire after this one. You can't have that mentality because we've seen it. We've seen it before. When does it? When does it end well? Very, Very rarely. True. I can't Very think true. of. Can't think of one instance where it ended well. Uh, Coleman event. We have Rose Namanunez. Let me get the pronunciation right so I don't get a hate mail. Zane, Z- Zang Weili. Zang Weili. Zang Weili. I always yeah, overpronounce the A. I apologize to all my Asian friends out there who don't drink Superbuck. No, they might. They might. I'm, I'm, it's yeah. Portuguese beer. No, beer nothing's, but... no, nothing's stopping them. There you no, go. Nothing's stopping anybody these days. I think. Uh, I cannot bet against Rose Namanunez. I am a fan of her for many, many years. You could. I, you could. You could do that. anything. It you could do whatever idea. you want. Yeah. Uh, I think she is an inspiration. I think she is a role model. I think she can be pushed in the direction of the new up-and-comers, the teenage girls that need a role model that 
would not be considered the uh, Kim Kardashians of this world. Um, the equivalent to the guys, John Jones, all that crap can stay over there. Uh, she's a good chick. She's very well-spoken. She's a great fighter. She's got a great work ethic. Um, that little segment that's on YouTube of when Johanna Jim, 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 Jim was bullying Jim her. That's the one. She's Polish. I have a Polish wife. I don't want to get the pronunciation wrong, so I yes. over-exaggerate. There you go. Yeah, Jim, Jim. Uh, I, I don't know if that's even right, if I'm honest. I just, if you say it as quickly as you can, then it's yeah. like, uh, who, who can accuse you? Joe Rogan calls her jo Johanna Champion. So let's Johanna go. Champion. Stay the safe I don't route. Know. Um, I thought that was Brian Stan that started that. Was it? Oh, sorry. Okay. I so. Yeah. But uh, she, she handled herself amazingly when all that trash talk was coming in her direction and when um, she kissed her fist and shoved it in uh, yeah. Rose's face. I was. Before that fight, I mean, I was all in on um, Johanna. Not that I liked her, I just thought she was going to batter her. Yeah, before she was an Instagram model, she was uh, before the boob job and all that fucking yeah. Miami Beach shit. She was a killer. Now she's well, just trying to be all. Look, you know. She can just do. Look, she she's done her time. Uh, let her do what she wants. You know? yeah. She can sit by the pool now. Just exactly. don't start asking Dana White for championship money when you're not a champion. <laughs> I saw that. Sorry, um, God, I, sh I really need to get off the fighter pay thing. I get so much hate for it. People you, hate me. I love it's it, like, but it's a controversial topic. It is, yeah. But uh, with, with Rose, the way she handled herself in that fight, in the rematch, uh, she got bombarded against um, the OnlyFans Brazilian chick. What was her name? Uh, Jessica Andrade. No, um, no, that's not. Oh, wait, yeah, that is Jessica Andrade. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Rachel Ostevich. But uh, Rose, who beat uh, Zhang, 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 mm -hmm. Whaley. How do you pronounce it, Bert? Help me out here. Zhang Whaley, I believe. I mean, I the beautiful kickboxing in that fight um, was just the the fake low kicks up to high kicks um hit her with that you you see in the slow motion that that Whaley was anticipating those leg kicks so she kind of moved her legs back to miss the kick completely rose switched her hips got a beautiful high kick and ground and pound for the finish uh Whaley did protest as she was falling back down into the referee's arms. Um, but yeah, I think it's a justified she was, rematch. She was concussed. You can't, you can't really have a guy fight. Because she, she didn't know where she was. That's why she was protesting. You yeah. know what I mean? She, she didn't know the fight had even started yet. It's like, why are you calling the fight? Yeah. It hasn't even started. Like, no, you just got knocked out. Like, what? So yeah, yeah I mean, she, what she's done now is apparently moved to the US, got involved with the US wrestling trainers specific mm. to try and handle her in a more... Uh, close fashion and avoid any kickboxing which is kind of strange because you really don't learn anything that fast this takes years no, of practice you know what i mean who do you think and how and why well i don't know it, this one is actually very difficult to call uh, for a couple of reasons uh, we don't know what zhang Weili has been doing kind of in the interim we don't know how much of it she's going to be retaining as you said you don't learn anything all that quickly i don't know if it's necessary i don't know if she's necessarily moved to the wrestling camp with the goal of wrestling rose nama units i don't think that she really intends to move away from what brought her to the dance in the first place what i would say is that whilst rose nama units obviously phenomenal obviously 
like she absolutely do. I mean, it starched her, put her away. No two fights are the same. And what we what I would say is that we didn't really see what Zhang Weili could do to Rose Namajunas. We just didn't get a chance to see that because, and that is the problem with as, as impressive as as early knockouts are. It doesn't really give you a good indication of of what what would actually happen when they get to fight because they didn't really get to fight. You know, I always say this about. You know, I, I honestly think that Aldo would beat McGregor in a rematch. I believe that. Well, I, I feel like we didn't really get to see them fight because, you know, it is what it is. You can't take anything away from a big first round knockout, not at all, because they engineered that and they did it so perfectly. Rose Namajunas was perfect that night. Can she be perfect twice in a row? That's another question, isn't it? Yeah. Because make no mistake, Zhang Weili has got some serious power. She's, I think that she'll have the edge in power. Because like, like I said, I don't think that's really how Rose like knocks people out. She knocks them out with precision. And I think that that is probably what's going to happen again. But I do feel like, I don't know, there's, there's something in me that wants to pull for Zhang Weili just because... I feel like we didn't. She didn't get much of an opportunity to really show what she can, because we saw what she can do to other people, and she is a legit talent. And I think that people are kind of again, like not, not writing her off, but people are just like, well, you know, it's going to be exactly the same result as last time. No two fights are the same. I think that it goes for longer, but I do think that Rose Namajunas still still gets the finish, and it'll be a knockout, probably round three. Wow, that's good. I 100% agree with that one. I don't think you can. I I don't think you can learn that much in six seven months of of just wrestling. You know, just just that that grind is is earned over many many years of mm. of getting your butt kicked in the gym. And on top yeah. of that, we've seen what Rose can do when she's forced to grind, which is was against Paige yeah. uh, Van Zant. Um, she like she cut up. Uh, Vincent's face when they fought the last time. Yeah, it was ridiculous, um, in, in insane, and you know, just she's got that whole kickboxing aspect. She's got that grind. She can wrestle against the cage. She can work from the top or the bottom if she's taken down. Um, so I, I think, yeah, and still, and I think yeah. it's a TKO. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then we move on to the main event of the evening. Um, Looking forward to this one. Kamara Usman versus Colby Covington. I cannot wait for this fight for many, many reasons. First of all, the trash talk is so calculated between the two guys. Fun. I love it. It's, it's, it's yeah, it, not disrespectful. It's trash talk. Yeah, because it's like... Because the thing is, is like, there's a lot of people that don't like Colby Covington. Uh, and look, it, regardless of what your politics are, whatever, like it, what he's doing is fun. Do you know what I mean? It is. It's fun. Like, it, people say, oh, you know, but it should be about respect. It's a sport. It's like wrong. It's entertainment. And it is entertainment first. That's what people forget that. It's like without it being entertainment first, there would be no money in it. And then nobody would watch it. And then nobody would do it. It has to be entertaining. That's what that's what concerns me about like the danger beard style. Like, Joey, it, do, it does concern me a little bit. I know that it's down to the fighters to find a way to counter it, and eventually they will. It always comes full circle. Like it's it's just it's a relatively newish style still at the moment that people are struggling to get their head around. But it's not like apart from Chimaev, Chimaev's brilliant to watch just because he does so much weird stuff like carrying people around. But like, but for the most part. It can be a little bit of a dull style to watch, with respect. 
And I feel I feel like that can, that could be a problem if it becomes too dominant in every single weight class. You know what I mean? It's, but anyway, that's another topic entirely. But yeah, to your point, I feel like this one just has entertainment written all over it, which is what this is all about. That's why this is the headline. And that's why these guys are where they are. It's why Colby Covington got the rematch, for God's sake. People can bitch and cry about how, oh, he, he hasn't even fought anybody in the current top 10. It's like, shut the fuck up. He doesn't need to fight anybody in the current top 10 because... Like he, because Kamara Usman hates him. He hates Kamara Usman. He gave Kamara Usman the most competitive fight of his career so far. And I don't really count the Jorge Masvidal one. I know it went to a decision, but it was most of Toe Stomps and shit. But either way, like it was the most, it, there, there's a narrative there and there's a story and people want the narrative. They want the story and they want to see the good guy versus the bad guy. And this is just it. It's kind of the perfect fight. In a lot of ways, it is the perfect fight. Because you know I mean? that, that's what because I enjoyed that about Costa and Vittori, just the fact that Costa came in as the full blown bad guy. I, I had real almost anxiety before that, like when they're in the octagon, before they're about to like they, they haven't hold 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 them back. Do you know I mean? They can't even get them to touch gloves. We yeah. need more of that. It added a real palpable excitement to it, to a fight that otherwise I was like, mm, yeah, no, it'll be fun. Do you know I mean? But with that extra like animosity. It was like, whoa, okay, this is gonna, this is gonna be tasty. Yeah. And that's the difference between fun and tasty, isn't it? Just a few, few disrespectful comments here and there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and keeping it within the boundaries of trash talk too. As I said, there's no politics involved here. Essentially, even though you could make the argument that he's, you know, the whole Donald Trump make America great again thing that he's he's doing, but he's not like it's it's not like a a religious attack on family or any of that crap that Connor used to yeah. do. You're this right. Is... I think they should do more of that. I agree with you. More. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to throw you under the bus. You're going to get me cancelled, bro. Holy <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> My God, man. I'm going to be the new host of the Burt Locker. I'm coming after your job, it's man. Pretty funny, though. Go there on, you go. Absolutely. Good. No, no, it's, 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 it's exciting and it, it's not disrespectful and i'm sure that the two guys are going to handshake at the end of this because they're not going to rematch for the third time there's going to be no rubber no. match here it's exciting i think i see where you i think i now see where the result is going in your eyes here's the thing i'm a uh, huge i'm a huge and i make no bones about it call me a nickelback fan all you want I am a huge Kobe Cummington fan. What's wrong with Nickelback? I absolutely love Nickelback, but I get love shit Nickelback. for it all the time. Who? No, people give me shit for it. It's like, right, this is, again, sorry, I'm going off topic, but I'll, I'll, I'll be quick. I promise, right? That's what she said. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but Nickelback, right? The biggest complaint I hear about Nickelback is that like, oh, all their songs sound the same. It's like, yeah, they have a pretty signature sound, just like every band on the planet. You fucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this uh, yeah, but apparently Nickelback. I've I've never seen them live, but I I've have. been told that they're incredible. They're amazing. I saw them in two thousand and four. They opened the show for Bon Jovi, and it was one of the greatest concerts I've ever seen in my life yeah. ever. I've I've heard that. I've re I've heard that of several people that aren't idiots that like that uh, that understand that Nickelback are good, and like, but like, there's there seems to be this popular thing to hate on certain things. Oh yeah. It? Oh, what's what's everybody saying? They don't like Nickelback. Oh, yeah, I don't like Nickelback. That's the stupid. Yeah, that, that is what happened. world we live in. Yeah. Um, but for Kobe Covington, it is um, it's it's fun to see what he's doing 
uh, when a UFC heavyweight in Australia starts throwing stuff at you, you're getting that under people's fun. skin. It's funny. It's like he wears the suits. They're all shitty orange suits now. Like Marty just newsman. Exactly. Like, like Donald Trump that's, that's, does. That's he gives everybody he doesn't like nick like yeah. nicknames and stuff like that. But when it comes to the fights, he can fight too. He's a good fighter. Now here's my good. here's my issue with the fight. I would say if it wasn't for the second Jorge Masvidal fight versus Usman, that Kobe has a chance in this fight. I want Kobe to win this fight. I hope he wins the fight. But when you have this wrestler in Usman and you see his last fight that showcased his ability to land that one, two, like it was a kind of a looping left hook that got the hands out of the way. And mm. that straight right came in and landed on Jorge Masvidal's chin. Dude, that was slick, basic boxing that you learn on week two that he just put into practice and landed it for a title fight to get his title back or to keep his title. Sorry. Yeah. And to get when, that extra stone. To get that extra when stone. you can do that as a wrestler, not only is the person worried about the striking, worried about getting in and worried about the wrestling. Once you're in sight, it's a constant stress. Um, I hope Kobe wins the fight. I would love him to be a champion. Yeah. But I think Same. Usman's going to win it. I think he's going to knock him out. Yes, that is that is one school of thought. Yes, probably the right school of thought. Not right. going to lie. Is, I mean, like Colby Covington, he's a significant underdog in this. Is probably he? rightly so. My, like I said, the, what really impressed me wasn't it was as well as the big knockout of Jorge Masvidal. It was that shot that put away Gilbert Burns was incredible. When you when you look at how how little he gave away on that. The reason that, that Burns couldn't defend that shot is because there was no tell. That's why. There was no tell. It just came, there was no drawback, nothing. His arm goes from that point to boom, like a piston. And that was what got him. It wasn't, it wasn't because, like, Gua Burns is pretty decent on his feet, you know, and, and he, he could have been able to defend that. Because it was a pretty, like as you said, it's a it's a basic shot, yeah. but it was so fast, and there was just there was just no way to tell that it was coming, and that's what caught him off. Whereas with the with the Masvidal one, it was just like again, it was slick and brilliant, but it was just like if without the other shots, that wouldn't have worked. Do you know what I mean? As you said, like it had to be set up with the other with the other shots. And with both of those examples, what we've seen is that Kamaru Usman has become a very good striker in his own right. Which, like you said, is a real problem. I think that... I'm not saying that Colby Covington has a chance to win this fight. Honestly, he probably doesn't. I kind of... I kind of, You know me, if you, you, you've seen my shtick. I like to pick for the underdogs, do you know what I mean? I should be betting on Colby Covington all day in this. Yeah. Probably not gonna. Probably not gonna. Probably gonna... Oh, but the odds are so trash on Usman. Yeah. The odds are so the odds are so bad. I might not even put it in my accumulator. I might not even bet on this fight. It's just I, I I reserved the right when I was talking with my partner Evo during the week. I'm like I don't want to call this fight. It's oh, say hi to different. Evo for me. I feel like I know him because I've watched him on so many videos. <laughs> like, I, will. I love I'll that pass. dude. He's he's brilliant. I actually, I'm a big fan. Awesome. I'll pass on the regards. Uh, but we we were just kind of talking. We were touching on it off camera, and I was just thinking. 
you know, it's just so hard to call. MMA mathematics doesn't work. Um, Kobe is on this. He, he's had one fight since um, since the, the last fight, like the last title fight against Usman. Yeah. Um, Usman is on this trajectory. What he did in his last fight was just astronomical. You know, when you see the super slow motion and the sweat comes off or yeah, his... Yeah, great. Oh, it's picture perfect. It was wonderful. Yeah, man. So What, what, I, would, what I would say, though just as a slight caveat, is that I think if you put Gilbert Burns or Jorge Masvidal in there against Colby Covington, I think Colby Covington mops the floor with them. Against Jorge? Against Jorge, yeah. yeah. Wow. I think, I, think, I think Colby Covington... I, th- I think Colby Covington is very comfortably the second best fighter in that division. Okay. I mean, I'm not really counting Hamzat Chimaev yet. Like, I probably should put him in there because, wow. I mean, it's like... I think it's time to get on the train. I'm not, I don't like getting on trains this early, but just because yeah. I quite rate Jang Liang. That's the thing. I, like, Jang Liang's tough. He beat Ponzanibio and he's good. And for him to just pick him up, like carry him over to the side of the octagon, save Dana White, look, I'm back, throw him to the floor and then choke him out. It's kind of like, what? What did I just watch there? That's I, I had no confidence in him coming into this one after that year, COVID, the the no, same. Publicly, there, there were a lot public, of publicly being sick, and publicly talking about your sickness and the panic attacks that he was having. I thought he was going to get mopped in this fight, and then he comes in, and it's just like killer. Like I think that he just wants to try and get that title as quickly as possible so that he can actually retire because because he retired and then that Chechen dictator was like, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. No, you ain't. That's a tough guy. Like, man. Oh, oh shit. So you know, he's, he's like, you can't you can't retire in Chechnya if the Chechen dictators don't want you. It's like, come on. Yeah, man. man. But, yeah. But I, I just think that this is gonna be a, a fight at the weekend that I, I don't know. Does it end early? Does it go the five rounds? Who break like when when Usman during that post fight press conference or post fight interview was like, I broke your face. face. Like yeah. you literally broke his face. And that was like the, the, the sheer boxing power of that right hand coupled yeah. with his amazing left hooks. Um, that's a scary aspect of the MMA. And then when you take into consideration his superior jujitsu or superior, excuse me, wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. Um, now, it's going to be a tough night for, for Colby. For me, if, if Colby Covington is going to have a chance in this fight, very similar to what we said, but what I was saying with Michael Chandler, he doesn't have to get the takedowns, but he does have to threaten with the wrestling. Because yeah. he, I think he knows. I, th- I don't think his strategy this time is going to be to go in there and kickbox with, with Usman. I, I feel like he's a smart enough guy to know that that is going to go real horribly, unless unless he's not, unless he's unless no, he's got supreme. Because Colby Covington, he is, he has got good hands. And one thing that I would say is that if Colby Covington could implement his wrestling, I'm not saying that he can't, but like, I mean, wrestling-wise, credentials-wise, they're both very similar. Like, and they didn't really wrestle. Neither of them tried to wrestle in the first fight. So we don't really have an answer to that question. Even after like four and a half rounds of a fight, we don't really have an answer to which one is the superior wrestler because we just didn't see it. Yeah. But nothing. there is nothing to say that Colby Covington can't take Kamaru Usman down. There's nothing to say that. I mean, Kamaru Usman's a, a phenomenal 
offensive wrestler and he's likely very good uh, against other wrestlers to, to stay on his feet. That's very likely. But Colby Covington is an excellent wrestler in his own right. And not, ju- and not just excellent. I mean, he's top tier, like, Col- like, like Kamara Usman is. So if Colby Covington shoots him for a takedown and he gets it, what then? Because all of a sudden, like for me, Kamaru Usman, his his stamina usually lasts in a fight because he fights at a pace that he's comfortable with. uh, Colby Covington, when he wins his fights, he pushes a pace that his opponent is uncomfortable with. I think that would be the key for victory for Colby Covington in this one. He needs to push a pace that Kamaru Usman is not comfortable with because then you're going to get that guy tired. You're not built like Kamaru Usman and and doing the same pace as Colby Covington. Colby Covington can likely push a harder pace for longer than Kamaru Usman. I don't think I'm out of my mind to think that. I really don't. Because I, I feel like you've got, you know, because Kamaru Usman, he's muscle on top of muscle. He is going to get tired eventually. Now, I know that, like, usually, like, cardio is a weapon of Kamaru Usman's, but again, I feel like that's more down to his style and more that he manages to dictate how the pace of the fight goes himself. If he's having the fight dictated to him, I think that could be an issue. Uh, and again, clutching at straws, because I do, I do feel like Kamaru Usman's probably going to win this one. I think it goes five rounds, personally. I think the decision for Kamaru Usman is probably the most likely. But if Colby Covington's to win this fight, it is because he pushes a pace that Usman cannot quite match. And then as you see the rounds go on, all of a sudden you see the mouth open a bit. You see him just kind of like, okay, right, this guy still hasn't gone away. And I haven't quite got the pop left to kind of catch him anymore. And what am I going to do now? Oh, he's taking me down again. How has this happened? Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing, that can, that, that can happen. I mean, it, and it's a very real possibility. It could happen. And that's why this fight is so interesting, honestly. Yeah, more and more wrestling. So it would be the key to victory for Kobe. Mm. Should be interesting, man. I am excited for these fights. And they're happening tonight because it's Saturday. Tonight. Yes. I think that's good, man. I think that's good for our our analyzations and predictions and breakdowns of what's going to happen. UFC 268. Very excited to see it all. Will you watch it live? Absolutely not. No. What am I? Twenty one. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Honestly, I feel like if it's a really big event, sometimes I will stay up and watch it. But this one is in Madison Square Garden. Not a chance. It starts even later. The main card doesn't start until two a.m., which means that the main fights, well, the main event probably won't walk out until five. That's yeah. that's crazy. Come on, man. I'm not doing that. I'm, what I will do is I will set an alarm for seven and I will have some, some bacon and some eggs and some coffee and I will, I will watch it. I, I don't pause it. That's the thing. Like I, don't, like I just hit play and I just let it roll. I might fast forward the adverts. Not going to lie. But- uh, Bert, where can people find you and what are you doing? Hit your, hit your right. socials. Well, my Twitter is... Bert underscore green. So yeah, B-U-R-T underscore green. And uh, basically I'm on Twitter. I'm on YouTube. YouTube, uh, just search the Bert Locker and you will find me. I generally do two shows a week. One show uh, basically 
crying about how terribly all my bets went the weekend before and the other show making all new terrible bets, baby. That's what I'm all about. Uh, I try to keep it light, you know, have a bit of fun. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do, I'm on, yeah. So YouTube, Twitter, as I said, Bert underscore green. Instagram is, I think, the Bert underscore green. I can't remember, but Bert Green on Facebook as well. Uh, Bert Green Comedy is my comedy page because I do stand up comedy as well. I, I drop clips every now and again on my YouTube channel. So keep a look out for those. And I post dates and stuff. If you're in the UK, and happen to be in, if you, especially near Coventry, because I do a lot of gigs in Coventry these days. Coventry is lighting up. So if you want to come and see me tell dick jokes and whatnot, uh, it's a good time, you know? But yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much all of my plugs. I will be doing, uh, oh, I'm on Patreon as well. So basically on my Patreon, you do get an exclusive, there's an exclusive audio only, which I'm going to be doing later on tonight, because uh, basically I do a making of, it's all my research going into the bets, why I'm betting the way I'm betting, you know, having a real deep look at the fighters, it's slightly less silly, slightly more professional. And it's, it's really kind of looking hard at the, at the records and trying to figure out where there's some value on some odds, because whilst my bets are terrible, what I go for is not, because it's very difficult to pick MMA bets. Like it's, it's very difficult to pick MMA fights. All you can do really is have a look at some odds where there is some value there, where the odds should not be as long as they are. For instance, just last week, I, I got a pretty good return on Glover Teixeira by submission because they had him down at seven to one. And I, wow. and I was like, well, look, if Glover Teixeira is winning that fight, he's winning it by submission. And would you look at that? I was right. But you're also looking at a guy that backed Dan Hooker. So what the fuck do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Dad, that was an assassination. You win you're... some you're uh, you're a social media king then, like an assassin. You're on all platforms and your Patreon as well is like Patreon's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's there's not many subscribers yet, but there will be. There awesome. Will be. I okay. heard that. That's okay. where you go when you're cancelled. But you're you're taking that route by the taking that route anyway. Well, it's, it's a good way if I can just get a few subscribers, I can start putting some more money into the show and expanding it a little bit and uh yeah like i said it's there's extra content on the on the patreon and you get early access to my picks as well because my picks drop on youtube on the saturday but they drop on friday on the um on on the patreon which can actually be more useful than you think because sometimes the odds shift rather a lot for instance um who was it someone somebody missed weight i think no 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 no. that's right that's right no 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 it was um it was Robbie Lawler against Nick Diaz. And originally, Robbie, Law Ro Robbie Lawler was an underdog on the Thursday. On the Thursday, Robbie Lawler was an underdog. And I said on my, um, on my audio exclusive to Patreon, um, I said on my audio, guys, if you're going to make, make any bets on, um, on uh, Robbie Lawler, do you, like, you need to... Yeah, no, yeah, Robbie was the underdog on the Thursday. I was like... You, you want to put all, Nick Diaz? I've seen him walking into fight week. He looks like a fucking homeless forty-year-old Nick Diaz. Honestly, like he looked. No, I'm not right. I know that people will say, "Oh, but Nick Diaz never looked ripped," but he didn't look out of shape either. He looked awful. He looked bad. Like he looked like he hadn't slept. He looked like he was tweaking on meth or something. Like he he looked he looked bad. And I, I took one look at him and I was like, "Guys, if you're going to bet on Robbie Lawler, get those bets in." Now, get him in this second. I am putting the house on Robbie Lawler by knockout because he is going to put Nick Diaz away. That is happening 100%. And right now, that is like six to one. 
you ain't getting six to one tomorrow. It slipped to it slipped to three to one, I think. Do you know what I mean? So the value was there on the Thursday, weren't there on the Saturday? Wasn't there? There you go, man. Get on, get on the Patreon. You get the you get the better picks. You get the better yeah, uh, the better odds. That is absolutely sweet, man. Thank you very much for coming on. I do appreciate all of your time and your energy and your picks <laughs> and your analysis and your breakdowns. Uh, talking about fights is something I've missed over the last two years. This podcast is saving me and it's because of podcasts just like this. So I, it is absolutely therapy, man, just to be able to sit down and analyze what's happening at the weekend um, and then to, to break it down after the fact, and then to look back at our ranting and raving is, uh, it is, it's therapy essentially. So I love it. And uh, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Well, yeah. Anytime, man, honestly, I, look, I very much enjoy talking to you about fights. It's just, yeah, it's brilliant. It's just, it's nice to, cause like I said, normally I do it. Like I said, I always call it talking into the void. I know, I know I get, I get a few views here and there. So technically it's not, but it is yeah. like, you know, it's a very different thing. I do quite enjoy having a discussion about it is it's nice because you can you see different viewpoints and you kind of like you know because it's like things that you pick up on it's like yeah absolutely there's there's yeah it's fun yeah it's been yeah. a fun time and i always thoroughly enjoy it mate so yeah anytime awesome brother ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening to us if you like what you hear if you like how we look if you like anything about what you're hearing or seeing right now do me a favor don't do anything because I'm sick of talking about like, follow, share, subscribe, rate, review, all that crap. It annoys me. I'm sure it annoys you. Don't do anything. Just send me a private message and say, fuck you. Could I just, uh, could I just add to that? Yeah. Don't listen to what he just said. If you could just like, share, and subscribe and uh, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. And uh, we're trying to grow this thing, guys. Don't, don't listen to him. He's, he's, he doesn't know what he's talking. He's, he's hepped up on goofballs. He doesn't, he doesn't know what he's saying. Yeah, like and subscribe, share around, tell your friends. Much love. I agree with Bart. Uh, that I'm just I'm losing my goddamn <laughs> mind over here. Thank you very much, man. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much. Enjoy the fights, Bart. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you again. Beautiful.